This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Um, so I'm just trying to... <laughs> my friends are pestering... Friends are pestering me about playing Rocket League. <laughs> While you're recording a podcast? I know. What an embarrassing know, situation have, to be in. <laughs> they, have, they have no sense of uh, what's sacred and what's not. Some films are mediocre, so bad they make you to save the cinema, we do try this at home. Hey there, this is Do Try This at Home, the podcast where we take a movie that was not so great and we make it better or maybe even great. My name is Harrison Gale, I'm the co-host and I'm here with my co-host Caleb Barron. You know him, writer, actor, director, producer, audio editor, sometime poet extraordinaire. Wow. <laughs> I remembered all of it. And and we're here for a New Year's special. Forget forget those old hat Christmas specials. We're we're yeah. keeping it funky. We're keeping it fresh. We're gonna see what happens. Yeah. Doing something brand new with a New Year's special. How was your Christmas, Caleb? It was it was good, thank you. Yeah. We um on Christmas Day, we we cooked food for the community. Aww. We made some meals that people ha- had uh, delivered to their homes, so that That's was so great. Nice. That's the spirit uh, of Christmas. And, people yeah, forget. And I'm I, I'm going to steal your thunder because this is our second time recording, and you mentioned it the That's first okay. time. But my family and I watched "It's a Wonderful Life" on Christmas Day. But we watched that too, um, except on Christmas Eve. No way. <laughs> I'd have no never way. known. <laughs> well, they air it every year on NBC here in the states. Oh um, right, and I think that usually airing on Christmas Eve. Um, but since uh, I here I'm here in Puerto Rico with my family um, for the holidays, and uh, we're on Atlantic Standard Time. Uh, contrary to popular belief, we are not in Eastern Time right now, so we're ahead by an hour. So everything on like normal like like US TV is all an hour later for us. So mm. I'm like, I'll be up at like waiting at 11, well, 12.30 rather for like, like just to see Stephen Colbert or something on NBC. So then when we were watching It's a Wonderful Life, it didn't start until nine o'clock instead of eight o'clock. And then Oof. it ended at midnight. So that I was going to say, rough. yeah, because all the ads, right? Like, yeah. Because that's not a three-hour-long movie. No, so that's, but um, they make sure it takes yeah. three hours to get through. <laughs> they got to get their money. Oh, yeah. off. <laughs> but I'll do it because it's such a good um, movie. But this one that we well, watched for this week was yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're we're yeah we're recording for New Year's Eve uh, because if you're you know if this film's to be believed, New mm-hmm. Year's is the new Christmas. It's the most important day of the yeah. year. Um, and it seems to be and we are doing... a universal take <laughs> that it's it's like this alternate yeah. universe where everybody's always considered it to be this way. Yeah, yeah. So th- we're we're of course doing the 2011 film New Year's Eve, directed by Gary Marshall, um, uh, starring a, a whole host of uh, big name actors that uh, you you question why they they're even in this film. Uh, I, I don't mean um, to stop uh, you, Caleb, but uh, that's okay. pop quiz: who is the craziest? 
casting choice in this movie? Like the person you would least expect yeah. to be in this? Ooh, that's a great question. Because I think in 2011, I would have said Robert De Niro. Mm. But given the stuff he's made during the 2010s, it now doesn't surprise me that he was right. in this. So actual actual question it's either it's either bon jovi or michelle pfeiffer that's um those are two great choices what what would you choose i i would say um for me it's a tie between ludicrous oh my yes ludicrous i <laughs> forgot i forgot as soon as he came on screen i just like yelled involuntarily yeah <laughs> I was just so shocked to see him there. So he's Ludacris, so toned down as well, like the whole yeah, way through as well. Yeah, yeah, he's so he's so mellow in this yeah, movie. Yeah. So Ludacris and tied with the normally fantastic Till Schweiger, yeah. who ate up the scenery here. He was chewing on that scenery like it was like a week old piece of jerky. But it was awesome. Um, and it's crazy to me that he did this movie within two years of doing Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, yeah. So those are my picks. Yeah, well, I mean, and this is the thing, is that I think both of our picks are as uh, valid as, as each other's because there are just so many names in this where you just go, <laughs> what? why are you, what is... <laughs> and, it's, and it's this weird thing of, as well of like, you've got these big name film actors. I mean, like Zac Efron and people like this, like, you know, people that at the time at least were like A-listers put alongside like, you know, pretty famous TV actors. Uh, Like, um, is it Leah Michelle, the Glee actor? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just think it's such a weird combination. And then, and then Bon Jovi's in it. And then, yeah, Jersey King, John Bon Jovi. (laughs) um and you just think this is such a weird combination because and this is you know we'll, we'll there will be a myriad of comparisons to love actually uh because mm-hmm. this is just sort of a riff on that idea um but what works about love actually is every single person you see in that film you recognize mm-hmm. and with this there's most of them you recognize but then there's some you're like um is that who's okay. that yeah, it's kind of familiar. And and that just makes for such a weird viewing experience. Yeah. <laughs> very strange. Very strange indeed. Uh, oh man, how are we even going to approach this? So, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Maybe just like the best rundown or overview of the plot you can give, but there's not really much. Yeah. I mean, so... <laughs> Is it so all over the place? Uh, yeah. Letterboxd has it down as uh, New Year's Eve, the one night anything is possible. The lives of <laughs> Several couples and singles in New York intertwine over the course of New Year's Eve. So, um, according to my my googling, there are officially eight eight stories, eight segments, as they're called, in, for All some right. reason, uh, to this film. Um, I can ju- I'll just give you a real quick run rundown of them if I can. Um, there's so one of them is Resolution Tour, which is Zac Efron plays a courier to a music. Uh, like a record label that Michelle Pfeiffer has just quit. And uh, so he then helps her like complete all of her new year's resolutions from the year before, um, before midnight. There's the hospital story, which is Robert De Niro uh, is a, 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 you know, an angry old man and he <laughs> dies. <laughs> is that <Aww>. <laughs> um, that's, Yeah, that's all I remember. There's the maternity ward story, which is two couples are both trying to have a baby uh, oh, as soon as they can think, yeah. after midnight in order to win 25 grand. 
That one, I think, might have been the most totally asinine out of all of the plots. Yeah, yeah. Then you have Jensen and Laura, which is uh, Bon Jovi plays a (laughs) famous uh, pop star Mm. called Jensen. Um, A real real (laughs) stretch for him, I imagine. Um, and, uh, Laura is a, is a high end chef who is catering for a party that he is, Jensen is playing at, but it turns out this time last year, they were, you know, uh, going to get married and then Bon Jovi walked out on Laura or something. I can't remember. What's the, uh, remind yeah. me the name of the actor that plays Laura. Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. That's it. The whole- we haven't really seen him very much. No. In the past 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is a shame because I think she's good. Yeah, exactly. It's, again, another one like, where you're like, why aren't I seeing her why, And why are you in this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like of all things, why this? Uh, then there is the elevator story, which is Ashton Kutcher plays Zac Efron's friend who uh, he hates New Year's because he got his heart broken. The implication is like eight years ago or something. <laughs> And he's still on that. Yeah. Like, he just can't let it go. Um, and he gets An stuck in man. through some like convoluted, uh, you know, circumstance. He gets stuck in an elevator with Leah Michelle for hours uh, and somehow comes out uh, in love with her. So I, you know, I don't know how right. that works. <laughs> yeah. And then there's mother and daughter, which is Sarah Jessica Parker and, and Ac- Abigail Breslin. Oh uh, yeah, there you are. Uh, play mother and daughter and the Mom is hard worker, doesn't, I don't know. Basically, the daughter runs away and then they meet up at the end because uh, uh, I don't even know what happens <laughs> it doesn't, in that one. Does it really matter? No. Nah. But also, I do want to point out that, like, part of the this story is that, like, um, the, the mother is uh, feeling really lonely and feels like she's, like, losing touch with her daughter and doesn't want to become, like, you know, crazy, uh, overly attached mom. Yeah. And then her daughter keeps insisting that the problem is that she doesn't have a man in her life, which yeah. is crazy to me, even in a movie made in 2011. <laughs> and then what happens at the end, Harrison? And then what happens at the end? Uh, she does get a man yeah. in her life. And oh, it's yeah. the... <laughs> Like one of the weirdest on-screen pairings I've ever seen. It's oh, Sarah Jessica yes. Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker paired with oh my god, uh, Josh Duhamel. Yeah, Josh Duhamel. Yeah. <laughs> Which like they look like they're just like almost two generations of people. I don't know why <laughs> they look so weird when you put them together because yeah. I don't think I don't think Sarah Jessica Parker is that much older than him. Yeah. But it just looks so strange to me. I I think part of the problem with that one as well is the the film does this thing where it sets up connections that are going to happen between stories but it doesn't tell you who the connections are going to happen with (laughs) and so the ending is i think maybe that's just the way i watched it but i think the ending is meant to feel like a big twist when we finally realize where those connections line up is that how it's meant Mm -hmm. to feel so maybe yeah there's a long time where it feels like Hillary Swank's character, who is in the Times Square story, she's in charge of the ball drop, but she really drops the ball. Oh, <laughs> you would. thank you. <laughs> um, uh, there's there's a sense that she's the one that's going to be meeting up with um, Josh. Uh, how do you say his name? Duhamel. Josh Duhamel. Yeah, Josh Duhamel. There's a sense that she's going to be the one meeting up with him, but then actually right. she's going to see Robert De Niro in the hospital because that's her dad. Um, yeah. And I think that's part of the thing as well is we're expecting that. And so then when it's Sarah Jessica Parker, it feels very strange. 
is do you think maybe that's part of it? I don't know. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I took a note on this while I was watching and towards the end, I think, let me see if I can find the note <laughs> I wrote. Well, I took, I also then just started taking notes of like the like weirdest lines I kept hearing in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Here it is. Here's my note. Um, that none of the twists feel earned. Like they yes. just feel like inserted just because they think we expect that. And I would rather have a predictable ending that feels like it's right and it makes sense mm. than just like having a you know a plot twist thrown in out of nowhere. Like if you're doing a plot twist right, it's going to be surprising, but also feel like it makes sense. Yeah. And I don't think any of the twists that were in this movie felt like. I mean, honestly, they didn't even really feel surprising either because I didn't care about what yeah, was yeah, so yeah. that didn't help. Yeah. But they didn't feel surprising, and then they also didn't feel. Like they made sense or that they were earned in any way either. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, so those last, sorry, those last two segments are the Ahern party, which is Josh Duhamel plays the <laughs> the like heir to Ahern, which is the big record company that Michelle Pfeiffer works for. And they're having right. a big party, which is where Bon Jovi's at and all this stuff anyway. And uh, he goes and makes a quick speech and then goes to meet up with a woman he met a year ago who he was in love with, but he never followed it up basically. Um, and then there's the Times Square story, as I already mentioned, with H- Hilary Swank and uh, Ludacris are trying to make the ball drop happen. Yeah, they with just can't Academy make it Award winner Hilary Swank. Yeah, <laughs> and Ludacris. Yeah, yeah, um, it, yeah. And um, what else is there to say? I mean, we might as well just. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what there is to do with this film, like. Yeah, I, I think what's become clear from the fact that it took us like 10 minutes to get through the plot is that it's just so mired in these um, strange like, all of these plots are like very cliche in that like they're not doing anything new or offering, offering anything fresh to the sort of cinematic oeuvre of narrative um, mm. but at the same time they're all so weirdly convoluted and confusing and like and 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 like they, they they all adhere to formula but also like don't make narrative sense at the same time it's almost impressive like how it manages to like yeah sort of fall into this category of like everything is based in like cliches that we've seen before but they also don't they, there's a complete lack of coherence across a lot of these stories um like yeah. people just act in ways that they wouldn't act and yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah, I also want to take this opportunity before we go into figuring out how to reconstruct this um, to call out an aspect of this movie that deeply bothered me. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which is that it feels like so many of these plot lines and the way that people behave feels like, and and I don't use this word lightly, misogynistic. Yeah. Like, not only are so many of these like plot elements cliched they're relying on stereotypes of women and the way that they're stereotyped of thinking and behaving in order to like make these convoluted storylines work and just like i felt like i was being taken out of the moment when i would encounter these elements of just like seeing Catherine heigl and sofia vergara have an entire conversation about like showing skin and like hyper-focusing on Sofia Vergara's 
breasts. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. What, why do I need this? Like, this doesn't say anything valuable or different or, like, contribute at all to the story. Like, Catherine Heigl later, like, stuffing her face with chocolate because she's sad about her man. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Abigail Breslin, and I'm saying the character, the actors' names because I cannot, for the life of me, remember any of the characters. Yeah, names. I mean that's again, the, that's Love Actually syndrome as well, isn't it? Because in Love yeah. Actually, we don't we don't talk about. Well, I don't know what any of the characters' names are in that. It's just Doesn't it's matter. Hugh Grant and it's Bill Nye and it's you know whatever. Right. Um, but at any rate, so uh, you know, or even like Abigail Breslin, who's supposed to be like this fiercely independent teenager telling her mother that she's being clingy because she doesn't have a man in her life. Yeah. Which is just insane to me, especially coming from a screenwriter who I will particularly call out on this, a screenwriter who has received accolades and like glowing praise as like a feminist screenwriter. And I think that's really disingenuous because it not only is not only is like this all of these stories not only are all of these stories like not engaging or in, or meaningful um or coalescing in any significant way but there's this weird thread of like almost old-timey misogyny that is yeah. woven throughout this film that it requires in order to justify or motivate a lot of these characters actions and I don't understand why this film needs it so anyway, that's off my chest, but I did want to point that out before we continued. No, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a good thing to point out because I think in whatever we do in fixing it, I think something that we talk about a lot on this show is just that thing that like, it feels so weird that, you know, us as two people that, you know, have written a fair bit, but like not really professionally very much in that like, we've just not had much, you know, anything professionally made. <laughs> um it, it it feels weird that like we spend more time thinking about you know oh what well, well like if I make this joke who's who's the butt of the joke here or right. if I use this motivation for my character uh what you know what what does that say in terms of like our, tr- our traditional sense of like this type of person I, am I fitting a, a stereotype or, or am I finding something that would actually be a, a good motivation for a character? And it's like, why do I spend more time thinking about that than, you know, people that are being paid millions of dollars to <laughs> make this stuff. Yeah. Um, and it seems bizarre as well. And it's not even to say that like, like you can get it wrong, but like the, sure. the point is you get it wrong in your first draft and then like mm-hmm. four drafts down the line when your film, you know, more than four, when your film gets made, that's the point where like we should have weeded all of this stuff out by now because mm-hmm. these like tradition like you say these sort of like traditional stereotypical idea of like how how women should act and those are ideas that are dictated by men for the most part like the, why is that dominating the way that this story is told a, a story that has lots of female characters that like you say like should come across as strong female characters but don't because they're held down by this just weird set of ideals that's just weaved through the film, um, which is, yeah, very, <laughs> I mean, just bad. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, you know, we, we live in the 21st century. This is stuff that we, we very much should be passed by now. Oh man. Okay. How do we, how do we break into Ooh, this film? I'm wondering if like, well, I guess my first thought is that like, you know, if, if we're keeping it sort of in the vein of, 
love actually because that seems to be more of like the spirit of what this movie is trying to get at mm. i wonder if maybe we sort of just alter it a little bit that rather than having all of these stories be interconnected but not necessarily all interconnected with each other maybe there is a through line that is connecting everything and maybe we have a focus on one character and what they're trying to accomplish that brings them through to all of these different you know yeah. sets of people does um, it, does love actually have that though <laughs> no i'm not saying that i'm right, not, I'm not saying that right, love actually right. does um I, but saying i'm that, saying we should yeah. put it in this one <laughs> yeah no i agree i because, agree sorry because yeah. i think like i think well i mean i think also with love actually you know there's i think like well i think to me it feels like there's fewer plot lines so it can kind of get away with having them all be like interconnected but not all necessarily with each other and mm. then i think also the stories that they choose to tell do feel less cliche than than a lot yeah. of these so it can kind of yeah. get away with that because you are kind of more interested in you know the mechanics of how those individual storylines are going to play out yeah um, yeah yeah you know and they don't all have happy endings like yeah, uh, the, yeah. the storyline with emma thompson and alan rickman does not really have a happy ending absolutely and that, like but it feels like it still feels genuine and realistic in a way that's not unsatisfying it is kind yes. of satisfying in its own way even though it's not a happy ending yeah and i'm wondering if like we can maybe if there's a way to make some of those kinds of tweaks here because i think that's another problem with it that it feels yeah. a little saccharine because pretty much everything like resolves itself in like a you know a neat little bow yeah but not in a like way that is moving yeah yeah i no i agree and it's no none of the characters actually face apart from maybe hillary swank with the insurmountable task of getting the ball to drop yeah. none of them actually face any real challenges in the in the film i would say yeah. um i'm just trying to think like all of them like the moment there's a problem there's a solution immediately um which right. d doesn't make for very good storytelling no. I mean, yeah, I, I should say I, I'm no Love Actually apologist. On my other podcast, we did it this, uh, for our <laughs> for our Christmas special. And I, it was the first time I'd seen it and I really did not like it. But that being said, I really did not like this. Um, this this was a lot worse. So, you know, um, even if we got it up to Love Actually standards, I'd be somewhat happy with where we got it to. Um, yeah, Um where do we go then? So yeah, maybe we do frame everything around one of the stories. I think that's a good idea. And it's a nice way of having at least, cause then at least one of the stories you're going to care about. <laughs> right. So. I even wonder if like, maybe you could pick out a character that in this current draft, it seems to be like very peripheral mm. um, and make them the through line. Like I'm wondering if you yeah. could, or like somebody who could, probably figure out a way to apply themselves in like a, you know a lot of different situations and of course i'm thinking of uh hector elizondo as lester kaminsky who is uh the repairman who comes yes. in to fix the ball that yes. won't drop yes um yes. because a repairman can show up to a lot of different places and have something to do and i wonder if finally hector can get his it's time to shine 
<laughs> yeah. as the lead in this film. Yeah, as yeah. we follow him around as he makes his repairs in various places. I like this. I like this as a yeah, and and so there's there's kind of like like sort of briefly touched upon is this idea that he he used to be like the head repairman or like the head like engineer or whatever for the ball drop and then has been fired since um and he's not happy about it so this idea that he's like a repairman doing something else you know like maybe he's like sub his own business or maybe he's like working for someone else but basically like he's just got to go around and do a bunch of repairs on new year's eve until he gets called into the ball drop at the end Mm. um and again like that gives us you know, because some of these storylines sort of almost sort of resolved themselves by the end of the second act and then didn't know what they wanted to do with the third act. Mm-hmm. So with this again, like it means that a lot of these stories can resolve resolve themselves immediately and it doesn't mat- matter too much because we're still following Kaminsky to the next, you know, part of right. the story. And also it gives us a third act in him repairing the, the ball to drop in Times Square. And so we we know where we're headed all the time. And right. we know that where we're headed is going to be a climactic third act. It's going to be, you know, right. we're headed up to something rather than just yeah. like we find the resolutions of horizontally, the story and then we carry on <laughs> going. Yep, just like um, yeah, that's that's the thing with this the narrative the way it is. It's that yes. it's just lateral move, lateral move, lateral move, and there's yes. no escalation yeah. at all. Absolutely, yeah. E- everything starts at you know the level that it, it means to go on and it, it just and so some things start weirdly heightened but then they they never go anywhere so it doesn't even matter yeah. <laughs> um right. okay so it, it would be nice to weave as many of these eight stories in as possible um through if we must <laughs> well i mean i would be happy to cut several of these but some of the ones I'd want to cut probably lend themselves to what we're doing here. Um, cause like one of the ones I'd cut is the elevator story. Cause it's just nothing. Um, but, <laughs> but, but having Kaminsky come, anything? but having Kaminsky come and, and repair an elevator makes a load of sense with what we're doing. So. Sure. I mean, I suppose we can also, I mean, I would also change the casting there because that made yeah. no sense to me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why Ashton Kutcher is in this. I don't know why Leah Michelle is in this. Yeah, except yeah. to sing a, except to sing a duet with Bon Jovi, but they're like they yeah. never even meet, and they're in two I, different places, and there's really, no motivation <laughs> as to why they sing that song at the same time across town. I really want someone to do an edit of that scene, but it's just Leah Michelle singing without any of the backing and Bon Jovi right, singing, yeah. <laughs> and, and just have like because ev- then every time it cuts to Ashton Kutcher's reaction, I imagine it would be just so unhinged <laughs> to oh, yeah. watch back. Um. Yeah, I agree. The casting needs to change there. Where do we start with Kaminsky? How does his New Year's Eve start? Sure. And which yeah, where story does, where does he begin? is he coming across first? <laughs> and I don't have an answer to that. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, we you want to escalate it, right? So yes. we got to start, you know, well, it doesn't have to start boring, but it like it should start with something that isn't too crazy so mm. that we have somewhere to go. So I'm yeah. going to say I'm going to say get the elevator out of the way. Out of the way. Like, that's a cold that's open. That's the status quo. That's yeah. a cold open <laughs> cold if you open. ask me. Is we we open <laughs> You ask me. I'd say that's a cold open. 
<laughs> we open with <laughs> we we get lots of shots of sort of New York um in the opening but with a, a monologue from Hillary Swank talking about you know how much she loves New Year's Eve or whatever um yeah but like New York just looks so drab in those shots I don't know if you felt yeah, the same it's like I, so I gray and like and this <laughs> is like, like this I lived in like New York for place. four years <laughs> yeah and yeah. and I miss it all the gosh darn time <laughs> and it's shocking that a movie yeah. that is entirely set in New York City Mm. This place that I adore made me like gave gave me no feeling to go back. Yeah, and actually yeah. made me think like mm, maybe I'm romanticizing it too much. But, this but guy this, looks like it sucks. I I wonder whether we start with this quite gray palette. But yeah, York, why not? But then we build towards like this really like yeah. vibrant ending in Times Square, and then you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just stuff like back. this where I'm just like, why? How did how do people not immediately think of this stuff when they're making actual <laughs> movies? Um, so Kaminsky, yeah, I reckon we have it. You know, it's like early afternoon, all right. We've got time to build into this as well, right. and he's called out to this job at an elevator, um, and and it really can just be like this cold open of him, like fed up and like right, yeah, got to go fix this elevator. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta I, go fix this elevator. And uh, and then you know it opens up and it's like clearly like this couple. Maybe we don't even see any of their story. We just see no. the aftermath, which is just right. this couple that have been stuck in the in the elevator who didn't know each other before. And it might even be quite fun to do that kind of at the end of it, like you know, Aston Kutcher like lets her walk away, but it's clear that like he he wanted to say something to her or whatever. But it's just like, we just have that, but then <laughs> you just never follow it up. Yeah. Like Kaminsky's just like, all right. like Okay. <laughs> or even like you could do that or you could like, you know, lean into the the corniness of that plot line to, mm. in order to highlight Kaminsky's like cynical view mm, of yeah, the absolutely. world of New Year's Eve that like we only see the end part where they're like, I've been stuck in this elevator with you for hours and now I'm in love with you. And then they have this like, yeah. like big romantic kiss with all of this music. And he's like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, I that's love this. not going to last. I love this. And I I love <laughs> the idea that, yeah. So we're, we're building this. Okay, so Kaminsky's this guy that just like very cynical, Hates his job since he got fired off the ball roll. And it actually gives him a motivation to not like New Year's as well. Right. Like maybe, you know, he's, he's someone who... Yeah, yeah. And he's working New Year's to to keep his mind off the fact. But also like he's always worked New Year's because he used to work the ball, you know. That's, mm-hmm. you know, he always worked New Year's. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, okay. So really over the top, really like, yeah, really cheesy. And he's just like, ugh. Yeah, great. Okay, Gross. get out. All right, the, the elevator is not done. Let me finish. All right, I gotta yeah. come in and do this. Like, <laughs> I gotta take this panel off here, and they're just like kissing. He's like, okay, all right, all right, clear okay. out, clear out. Um, I like that. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I've great. got these. I've got Check. these here, so I can I can tick them off as we go. Yeah. Okay. Please. So he's done in the elevator. I then think, um, hmm, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, what next? I guess part of me thinks that. So the, the hospital has two stories happening in it. So right. he can definitely cover both of those at the same time. Yeah. And then the Ahern party has, you know, uh, you know, Josh uh, Duhamel and also um, 
the the Jensen and Laura story happening. So you can cover those at the same time. So I don't know. I guess what, do you want to go down one of those routes next, or or we could cover the the. I feel like the mother daughter thing could happen right towards the end because mm-hmm. he could help them the mother find the daughter whilst he's on his way to go and like do the 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 ball drop. And, right, and, right. and you can build some sort of like suspense and tension in that of like, is he going to get there in time? Because he's like, like he's just stopping to help this woman when he's really got to get over into Times Square to sort yeah. this out. Um, so, uh, and maybe- even better, like he doesn't decide to help her. She's like, I, like, where's my daughter? <laughs> and then he has to help her. And he's like, uh, sorry, lady, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. you're like, you have to help me find my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ah, let the ball drop. <laughs> but he doesn't so, say it because he's not going to be like the the ball drop is more important than your missing yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just like he just like reels off like some stats of like how many children go missing in New York every year. <laughs> but there's only one ball that drops, okay? So I gotta handle that. <laughs> Listen, there's only one ball. Um I think uh, maybe the next move is like um heading to the, the the record company. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So maybe Maybe as he goes in, he can see Michelle Pfeiffer uh, like um, quitting. But mm. maybe we follow that up later. But we just see that as he enters the aftermath of of her quitting. Right. <laughs> it's the the parties being set up. Maybe there's an issue with some of the I don't know the sound equipment for Jensen. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I quite yeah. I I would quite like yeah if it's. Something along those lines. He's been called in last minute. He's Kaminsky, you know. He's the guy. Yeah, he can fix. He can fix everything except um, the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like his thing that he keeps saying that they're yeah. like, "Oh, Kaminsky is the guy." Like, there's nothing he can't he, fix. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just like mutters oh, under his breath. So, were we having it like in his backstory? Like, there was the reason he got fired is actually because the ball didn't drop one year. <laughs> Do we push it that far? He, uh, maybe. <laughs> and then, and then so like, then yeah. it's like Kaminsky can fix everything and he's like so like so embittered like except the ball like well, yeah. his whole life has fallen <laughs> apart since like his wife took the kids and left him yeah. because because he couldn't make the ball drop in Times Square <laughs> and I there's also like I mean you know what I'm gonna allow the silliness of the double entendre about like his yeah. masculinity. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> and everyone's like, but I, I also like the idea of everybody being like, like when he says it, like I couldn't make the ball drop. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it takes yeah. them a second for them to understand what <laughs> yeah, he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you know, the ball type square. Like, <laughs> okay, I guess. You can, is there a is there a, a double meaning in the in the ball dropping and the the penny dropping? Can there be a moment where uh, <laughs> maybe that's too much of a stretch? I mean, it would still be better than how it is now. So yeah, this is true. Let's throw it this in is there. true. Um, okay, so he goes to the he goes to Ahern Records. Yeah, he's helping Jensen with some sound equipment. 
maybe Jensen called him in specifically, like Kaminsky's his guy whenever something goes wrong or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, like, like, oh, something's wrong with the sound system. How are you going to yeah. perform tonight? And then Bon Jovi's like, like, oh, don't worry. I, I'm also going to make Kaminsky canonically from New Jersey. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know this guy from way back growing up in, in Jersey. This is yeah. your guy. He can fix anything. <laughs> <laughs> he was like Kaminsky. He, he was like a wunderkind was like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like this child can fix anything <laughs> you know he comes in to fix the sound system um and maybe jensen starts complaining about laura like to him and Kaminsky just like doesn't care <laughs> like he just clearly doesn't want to listen um but i think maybe there's a way in which Kaminsky can end up bringing them back together through through this um maybe there's some kind of miscommunication that can happen here where like jensen's complaining to kaminsky and kaminsky's just sort of like dismissing him but in dismissing him gives jensen the uh the the sort of wherewithal and the and the wisdom and the words to win laura back is there something in that that could be funny too that he's like this unwitting philosopher Yes, yeah, that yeah. He just kind of says things as throwaways or like to get people off his back or like he he speak maybe even that he like speaks very literally but everybody thinks that he's saying a metaphor for something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And he's like listen, um th- the pipe's only broken till you decide to fix it, yeah. right? And then, <laughs> and then they're like, "Whoa, it's it's yeah, the metaphor yeah. I needed. It's a sign." Yeah, that's that's exactly Thank you, Kaminsky. It. And then yeah, like, yeah. runs away. <laughs> The the speaker needs rewiring for it to for it to sound how it's supposed to, and he's like, "Oh, so I need to go and speak to her. We need to reconnect and communicate. I understand now." And he's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. Just <laughs> yeah, whatever, pal. Just leave me here to fix this, all right? Just get me a couple of copper wires. Leave I love me alone. this. I love this so much. This is <laughs> definitely it. So that's how he fixes Jensen and Laura's whole thing. Um." And then I th- I kind of think with Josh Duhamel, like, I think maybe we just cut him entirely. It's almost too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Rest in peace, Josh. I just don't understand how Kaminsky's ever going to bump into him <laughs> at this point. Yeah. And honestly, like, I didn't think his story was that important. No, no, I agree. Um, So he's, he's <laughs> yeah. struck from the list. That's okay. Yeah, he's out. Sorry. Um, I think, well, so then maybe he could, maybe he could bump into... Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, and Zac Efron here, and and there could be some kind of uh, wisdom he can impart on them whilst he's at Ahern Records. Um, that that before he fades into the background forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and well, so, and and so maybe like he could he could actually push her to go and do all of her resolutions, and and then maybe yeah. he bumps into her again at the end. So I mean, maybe it's even like well okay so i said that she was she was quitting when he first came in but maybe it's he comes in and she's sat there like looking at her resolutions looking bored and he just says something like you know off the cuff that like makes her go yeah i am gonna quit my job i am gonna like leave this place and go and do all of my new year's resolutions and and yeah i was just also gonna add that like maybe instead of like having um Sarah Jessica Parker's plotline ultimately revolve around like her getting together with a man to feel fulfilled. Mm. Maybe, maybe like rather than pairing Josh 
with her, maybe like Michelle Pfeiffer, like kind of has a crush on Sam, Sam Ahern, on Josh Duhamel. Mm. And so she's like, oh, like, yeah, this is a sign that like this guy that I like is telling me to quit my job. But like not in, but not in a misogynistic way, in the way that all of us, regardless of who we are and who we like, we all have like this instinct that when someone we like tells us to do something, Mm. we start looking at it different. Yeah. Um, I I realize that I've not explained myself well in that I I meant as in Kaminsky says something to her that makes her want to quit. Oh, that's very funny. But yeah, I like that better. Like, but, I'm if thinking, you wanna, like, but if you want to throw in Josh Duhamel yeah, for a little bit, if yeah. you got him. If you got him, you know, you know if he's about. Use him um, if you got him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then it kind of like circles back at the end, but yes. sort of like in this way that's like, then by the end, you know, she's gone on this adventure with Zac Efron. Mm. And he's like, oh, well, you know, like your final New Year's resolution, like, like. Go, like go and get that guy and then she's like you know like i feel so great that i don't need to do that okay yeah yeah like i feel good so what and, yeah what if um <laughs> yeah no i like this so i was just gonna say that I'll cut, anyway i'll cut on this but i was gonna tangent. say what if what if instead of zach efron is kaminsky tells us go and do all of her resolutions and then at midnight instead of kissing josh duhamel she kisses kaminsky <laughs> don't cut that i love that and he's like whoa what but i much prefer the idea of her like realizing her agency and and deciding she doesn't need that's the one resolution she doesn't need to complete because she feels good about having been on i want the record to show i prefer that as an idea but (laughs) fair enough i think you could combine them both where it's sort of like oh like uh your last resolution is like like getting a man or whatever yeah and then she's like no i don't need to do that and yeah. then but she's like but i have one thing left to do like we're like i still have like to have a kiss on new year's she like so she's like i know exactly who to kiss yeah and then it's yeah. kaminsky yeah yeah okay no, no that works that works um <laughs> whoa lady there's a- what are you doing <laughs> Resumes in, and he, like, and he just he turns the camera. Well, Kaminsky fixes everything, <laughs> even hearts, even hearts, even broken hearts. Um, <laughs> okay, um, you know what? So anyway, <laughs> somehow, so what are we doing? Josh, Josh Duhamel sets Michelle Pfeiffer off to go and do all of her resolutions with Zac Efron but we don't really see her doing that. But Kaminsky and Kaminsky is just sort of party. He just witnesses yeah. this. Um, <laughs> and he's just like, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> he's just literally like, yeah, people get crazier about new year's Eve every year. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Ne- next thing you know, we'll start making whole movies about yeah. it. <laughs> I like this idea that Kaminsky just like there has you know there's no fourth wall for him. He just crosses. No, it. he doesn't care. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> um, he's he's so devil may care that he bulldozes the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even care about suspension of disbelief. <laughs> okay, so then he 
then then he gets called to the hospital for some kind of repair. I guess. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> um, maybe Kaminsky. Maybe Robert De Niro is Kaminsky's brother. Oh, and then it gets real. Mm. <laughs> mm. For once. But so he he comes to the hospital to see his brother on New Year's Eve. But um but before he can see his brother, he's gotta sort out this maternity wars situation. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what is the thing that he needs to fix? Okay, how is about that- this? Okay, how about this? So 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 he's done the elevator. He's done all the stuff at Ahern, like with the Michelle Pfeiffer plot, and then also the Jensen and Laura plot. All this stuff's happened, and then it's like it's like eight p.m. and this is when he gets the call through from Hillary Swank saying, "You want to come fix the ball?" And he's like, "Ah, uh, you know, no, the the new the Times Square ball. I haven't heard that name in a long time." <laughs> And but then he's like, he's like, I got I got one uh, job to do first. I got one thing I got to fix first. And so we assume when he arrives at the hospital that he's got to fix something in the hospital. But actually, he's got to fix his relationship with his brother. Wow. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's something. The thing is, right. I hate this, but it's still better than the original film. So I don't care. It's true. Yeah. Um, no, I like it. So, I'm so into he, it. He arrives at the hospital, and and maybe this is we we see them. He's he's signing in the visitor book or something, and he sees the this whole maternity ward situation happening um, between these two couples. Um, and he, what does he do to fix this, Harrison? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm wondering if like maybe. I don't know, there's something about them arguing that is keeping him from like getting through or maybe like maybe they're arguing they're arguing at like the front desk yeah yeah so yeah. he needs to solve this problem otherwise he's not gonna get any help to find where his brother is yes yes yeah yeah so he's like and i guess like yeah they're like, are, yeah, I don't know what it is that, I mean, I guess maybe they're arguing about their stupid, like, baby competition. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. Mean, Will you bring the like, baby competition in for this? Yeah. I quite yeah. like the idea as well that he's quite a quiet protagonist. So he he's quite yeah. awkward. And he doesn't know how to say, he's like, um, I, I, I got to get to the I, the desk and they're just completely ignoring him. And he doesn't know yeah. how to, like, approach this mm-hmm. situation. Like, he... You know, he, he knows that give him a machine and he's, you know, he, he can fix it fine, but give him a, a number of people yeah. arguing and he he's lost. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. That's why he buries himself in his work. Yeah, man. Yeah. He can't understand other people. <laughs> wow. 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 And no one's done this before as far as I can Think tell. Think about so. it. <laughs> yeah. If y'all just thought about it for one second, you realize <laughs> So, how does he figure out the baby situation? What what can what Kaminsky wisdom can he uh, can he impart in this moment? Well, so in the movie, they like um, Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel have their baby first, but then they're like, let's just give the money to the other couple because they yeah, have more children yeah. to support already. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I I don't know, I I yeah, I don't know if that is still working for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I to be honest, I did kind of think that the resolution was going to be that they split the money between them. Right. 
Um, right, because that would make sense. That's yeah. Logical, <laughs> the makes, way the story was set up. Um, and so maybe, <laughs> maybe Kaminsky says, look, you get 12 grand, you over here, you get 12 grand, and then I'm going to take a K with me <laughs> for sorting this out. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, uh, okay, because he just says it so yeah, forcefully we just, that they confidence. just have to agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I, I mean, I can't think Yeah, they're both like, yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so then he signs in at the front desk and uh, he goes to see his brother, Robert De Niro, who is dying. <laughs> and then I, I guess. I guess. Uh and um, what do we do with this that's not just really depressing? The first thing I want to change here with Robert De Niro is giving him a little more dignity because right now he's this man dying of cancer and somehow his only last wish is to see the ball drop in Times Square one last time, which, like, I guess that's something you you could want as your dying yeah. wish but i feel like you know if we're giving him more of a backstory also like in the original film like he has a daughter like does he not like want to see her again like some like that's just, like none of it is just ever mentioned so that we can have a surprise but it doesn't make any sense so what if yeah what if his what if he has like a different dying wish or maybe like i don't know He's like he's like being yeah. belligerent or something, and then like Kaminsky comes in and he's like, "I got this," or he's gonna try. I don't know something that's just not like my dying wish is to see the ball drop in Times Square one last time. I don't know. Well, I I guess I think the implication in the original is that like he assumes his daughter won't want to see him because he he messed up that relationship so bad, but. We don't know if it's his daughter or like his wife or whatever, but but that's so. I guess maybe there's something in him, maybe even like him, like saying that his wish is to see the ball drop. But the reason, he, the only reason he's saying it is because his actual wish is to have this like this relationship. Maybe even the one with his brother, like have that you know things forgiven, have that sort of worked out, but. You know, he doesn't, he can't say, like, the thing I want before I die is to be able to speak to my brother again. Some subtext. Yes, indeed. I mean, yeah, if if we're going all out, then maybe we could bring some subtext to this film. Kaminsky arrives and all the doctors and nurses are saying, oh, he just says he wants to see the ball drop in Times Square. And Kaminsky's like, oh, I know what this means. He doesn't want to see the ball drop. He wants to see me. Right. Because Kaminsky's the guy that makes the ball drop. Oh man! Yeah, it all comes together, <laughs> man. It all comes together. Look at that! Um, look at that! Look at that! Um, look at that! Boy, mamma so, mia! And so then Kaminsky, like, maybe he even is like, they're like, no, 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 <laughs> that he's saying he wants to see the ball drop, and then Kaminsky's like, no, no, I know what to do, and he just goes in and no. he just sits with him. Um. Maybe and maybe even we don't do the whole. You know, he, he doesn't even need to like survive till midnight because he only needs to survive as long 
as he can to see right. his brother, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. To really make it clear that the ball dropping was not the thing he needed to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. And I think as an as a sort of closer to the second act, it works quite well because it gives us our sort of, mm. um, you know, our sort of like hero at their absolute weak, weakest because Kaminsky's just yeah. been with his brother as he died and then he's got to go and, uh, you know, fix the Times Square ball. Is right. that... Yeah. Is that okay? And like, why, like, <laughs> I think it's fine. And, yeah. Well, I mean, because then part of his struggle in the end can be like deciding like, well, why should I care about yes. this dumb ball? Yeah. Like my brother and then, just oh, died. Yeah. And then when he comes across Sarah Jessica Parker and he doesn't care about her daughter and he's just like, go figure it out. Like it makes a lot of sense <laughs> because he's just like, go, you go figure that out. I've got my stuff to figure out. And that right. makes sense as a as a sort of reaction. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're getting there. We, okay. We're actually we're really getting there. getting there. We're almost there. Um, so, yeah. So he, he leaves the hospital. His brother's died. And uh, and he's he's on his way to Times Square to go, and, to go and fix the ball. And maybe even this is the moment. Maybe... He, on his way out of the hospital, he catches Hillary Swank doing that speech where she's like stalling for time by saying that right. you know they they're, they're holding it there on purpose. Because I'm kind of thinking mm. maybe even maybe even the real um, the real journey that Kaminsky can go on is that in the end he could fix the ball, but he chooses not to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the real. New Year's Eve. <laughs> or maybe like maybe the real ball drop was yeah. the friendships we made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean as in if if the whole thing is like, you know, he's been deemed like a lesser man than he was before mm. because he messed up the ball drop before. And and the, and what he realizes is that he can fix all of these things without having to be the guy that fixes the ball drop. If that makes sense. Yeah, I also like the idea of him like like making a whole speech about him realizing this. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. Like in front of everybody, yeah. like on TV, and yeah. then they're like, and then they're like, but so can you fix it? And he's like, oh yeah, oh my god, I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give me a minute. No, 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 but this, but he's like, he's like, no, 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 you don't get the point. I, I could if I wanted to, but. So you I'm will. saying, but I no, but I don't no, no, have I, to. <laughs> but you're gonna um, do it. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He gives into peer pressure at the end. <laughs> yeah. I am After now thinking going on this this journey of character growth. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about just in my head making the structure really clear. So we had the elevator, and then we have he's he goes to Ahern, and that's the then we get the cool from Hillary Swank with the broken ball. Then it's the hospital mm. and his brother dies. And then it's he's on his way to Times Square. Just so I have it clear where we're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then this is the moment where he can bump into Sarah Jessica Parker and she's looking for her daughter. And he's like, look, I don't, I don't know where your daughter is. Like, you know, there's hundreds of children go missing at this kind of event. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get to the ball. <laughs> um, 
I love that line, like, thousands of children go missing every year, but there's only one ball drop. <laughs> uh, That's insane. Um, and maybe even like Sarah Jessica Parker's like, she's just like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> um, well, okay. He's been solving everyone else's problems uh, throughout. So how can, how can him saying that to Sarah Jessica Parker solve her issue if her daughter is missing? Well, because like she needs to let go of yeah. like looking for her when her daughter like wanted space. So maybe she's like, then she interprets this like really callous thing to say to a person yeah. as like once again this philosophical statement yes. where she's like, "Oh my god, you're right. I just need to stop looking for her yeah. so she can have her space, and she'll come back when yeah. she's ready." Thank you so much, random man. <laughs> and <laughs> no, no, no. She's she says thank you so much, Kaminsky. Everyone knows who Kaminsky. Yeah, is. <laughs> so then she knows he's Kaminsky. Thank you so much, Kaminsky. He's like, "I should know my name." <laughs> um, uh, I guess my reputation precedes me. Um, and then she's like, 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 I'll wait. Like, that's it. I'll wait for her to come to me. Yes, and then yeah. she goes to, like, the diner, which, for the record, is incredibly difficult to get a table yeah, at. Yeah. That The Stardust Diner. So uh, the most unrealistic part of this movie is that they were able to get a table on New Year's Eve. But anyway... Aside from that, like, she goes to either that diner or, like, another place that she knows is special to the both of them. Yeah. And thinks, like, you know, if I wait for her here, then she'll she'll think to come here when she's ready. Yeah. And then she does. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then Kaminsky's like, great, we did that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we really did that. And he goes to... <laughs> He gets the time Times Square. He gets to the ball, uh, and Hillary Swank is like still freaking out, um, and and he's like, "Look, you know, let me take a look at it." And uh, and and then yeah, and then this is the moment he he has his revelation, and he's like, "Yeah, this is easy. Maybe it's even just like one of the bobs is just like a little bit loose, and he's just like, oh, you just screw that in. That's <laughs> it's easy." Yeah, and then yeah. Oh, perfect. But before he does, he likes like, oh, that would just, oh, hold on. And then that's where he has his revelation about. Right. But do I even want to fix the ball? What does the ball dropping really mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, why do. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just fix it, man. <laughs> just what? And I love that as well. We, because we get... every time he he's purposefully not philosophizing everyone takes it as, as right. philosophy. And then the one moment he tries to, everyone is just like, nah, it doesn't make sense, bruv. I don't yeah. know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're saying right now. It is total nonsense <laughs> to me. They also like the idea of like, um, like we get a shot of, you know, the classic, like everybody looking at the TVs in the window display mm. shot and it's him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like on all these TVs while he's like, like waxing philosophical yeah. on TV. <laughs> like while everybody's just waiting for the ball drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. And then I guess at the end Great. the ball drops and and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and then oh well, I feel like there surely there's there's um an epilogue to be had here. Yes. Uh I, I do kinda like this idea that like this is like this huge day in which Kaminsky like saves all of these lives, but then he gets back to his like <laughs> tiny apartment 
<laughs> and yeah. he's just like, ah, uh, just another day of being Kaminsky. <laughs> like, <laughs> just I yeah, and that exact line. Too. Yeah, yeah. Just another day of being Kaminsky. Yeah. And then it, it also his roommate is ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> So Ludacris isn't Just to make sure he's in there. Right. So he's not in the Times Square at all. Like No, no, no. no. Um his his roommates are Ludacris and Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yeah. Um No, better yet, better yet his roommate is Mayor Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> Ah, good stuff. He's just like, everybody thinks you live in a big mansion, but I know the real Mike. (laughs) I know the real Mike. He's in huge amounts of gambling debt. (laughs) He's he's forced to live on my couch. Uh, Don't worry, Mike. I'll keep a secret forever. End credits. (laughs) I do do think... this is quite an important point to bring up before we end. I think uh, we very rarely, I don't think we've ever done anything like this on the show, but um, I think that a title changes in order from new year's Eve to Kaminsky's new year's Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I might even just put the title of this episode as Kaminsky's new year's Eve. (laughs) Justice for Kaminsky. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Finally, Hector Elizondo is a leading man. So, just not in the way he ever expected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, maybe he goes back to his apartment and for Kaminsky, it was just another day of being him. But maybe um, he lies down and he's like, oh, just, you know, yeah, I guess that's just another day of being me. Kaminsky, that's it. <laughs> and then, but... Me, at that, of being me, Kaminsky. Maybe at that moment... Um, all of the crazy cast of characters he's bumped into along the way all come round his apartment for an after party. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's it. And then roll credits. Um, Better yet, yeah. He 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 sees that they all come to his house for an after party, and then we cut to like his reality, which is him passed out on his couch. <laughs> And he didn't. He didn't do any of these things. He he he, he repaired that elevator, and then he went home and got drunk on New Year's Eve. And passed out. I got well. I like the idea that he did do all those things because he is the amazing right, Kaminsky. Right, right, right. But but he like he just like he got home and then just like went to town on a bottle of scotch. Yes, yeah, yeah. And everything after that is like, oh, he didn't. That's so okay so how about this he goes home everyone comes around jensen brings with him a bottle of scotch and kaminsky yeah just gets blackout drunk and then like yeah it just cuts and it's just like it it was just him all along it was no one no one brought it around he just had it and he drank it himself um i like that (laughs) and he had the best new year's yeah 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 and maybe even he he says that to himself it's like he just goes, you know what, Kaminsky? That was the best Kaminsky's New Year's Eve ever. <laughs> the best Kaminsky's New yeah. Year's Eve ever. 
Oh, man, okay. Kaminsky New Year! Kaminsky New Year. Uh, wishing you all a Kaminsky New Year. Um, yeah. Brilliant. And then he flies off into the moon. Yeah, yeah. Like the end of... It, it, yeah. It'd be like the end of Birdman. Like he like hops in the window yeah. and then just jumps out. And then Mike Bloomberg runs to the window. <laughs> and then we and we don't know whether he flew or he just fell to his death. <laughs> right. It'll be a yeah, real good homage to, to Birdman. Perfect. Um, I can't think of a better way to end this film. <laughs> Any if you're listening and you're thinking which of those endings is the one that we're choosing, any, you choose you choose. In fact, it, it yeah, will be one of these Netflix pick. choose your own adventures, but there's no choices until right at the end. And you just pick one of these like three endings. Um, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I think that's it. I think we did it again. I, I think we did it again. We saved cinema yet again. We saved cinema once again. You're welcome. What did we do? We we gave Michelle Pfeiffer some agency. We made the, the plot of this film mildly coherent um and we gave um <laughs> kaminsky uh everything <laughs> justice for kaminsky um you know it, we just we finally gave um what's his name actor <laughs> elizondo uh the Hector elizondo we finally gave him his his King. time in the spotlight and i think he'll you know, he'll understand wh- why we did what we did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had to do it to him. Uh, <laughs> um, that, we had no choice. Uh, that brings us to our, our famous segment, um, Would You Do Try This at Home? Is that what it's called? <laughs> is it? I guess it is now. It doesn't have a name um, until right now, and I've decided it's called Would nope. You Do Try This at Home? <laughs> <laughs> Would You Do Try This at Home? So, um, yeah. I'm tempted to just because I love this concept of Kaminsky so much mm. that like if well if I I don't know if I would remake it but if I had the opportunity to like be in the room all this was being made to make sure that Kaminsky got his day in the sun yeah 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 I I, I might do it yeah but a remake I think this is just better left in the past yeah I I guess for me personally I I agree I guess if if I could make Kaminsky's New Year's Eve without right without I could do that like having to attach it in any way to this film as a reboot or anything but it's just called Kaminsky's New Year's Eve and it's just the story we just talked about uh oh I like that I think I'd be keen for that <laughs> I think I'd be keen yeah um but the, but that's not really this film anymore I guess no um, yeah I would definitely remake this film if I could not remake yeah this if film. it wasn't this film but it was just a different <laughs> it wasn't film this. <laughs> Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, then I would, I would. What did I call the segment? What, would you do try this out? <laughs> is that the title of the segment or just the question you're asking? Both. Okay. I'm gonna. Would you do try this at home? At some point for the new season, I'm gonna get Tom to put together a jingle for that segment. Um, oh boy! Oh get boy! Ready, Tom. Oh boy! Um. Okay. Cool. Well done, us. We did it again. Um. You really did and that. We, and we both said yes to Kaminsky's New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be it would be Kaminsky's New Year's Eve, and then the tagline would be, you're all invited. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, real sense of community. Aww. Um 
<laughs> Kaminsky's <Boy>. New Year's Eve. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, Justice for Kaminsky. Well, okay. What, what what's left to do? Social media, right? <laughs> um, Harrison, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm very online, so you can definitely get in touch with me there. Um, I'm on uh, uh, I'm on Instagram, yeah, as at Harrison Who on Twitter as at Harrison Gale Who. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Harrison Gale, one word. Where can they find you, Caleb? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, all at Caleb Lebster. That's C-A-L-E-B-L-E-B-S-T-E-R, streamlined. And uh, and you can find us. All right. <laughs> you can find us as a, as a collective um, on Twitter and Instagram at Do Try This Pod, which is a very clever pun when you think about it. Is it a pun? No. I don't know what it is. Is it? No. But it's clever. It just sounds cute. What I've done is I've taken do try this at home and then I've put pod. Do try <laughs> this. See what I've done here do is Do try this pod, but then when you when you read that aloud, it's like, "Oh, I I do try this pod." Um so yeah, it's pretty clever. I guess that's wordplay. That would be wordplay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh yeah, so we did do try this at home. Uh Kaminsky New Year everybody. Yeah, we really did try it. Yeah, um stay safe. Stay healthy and Kaminsky New Year. Kaminsky New Year. And we'll we'll be back with season two at some point. Yeah, eventually. We haven't figured any of it out yet, but I I think we both need a little break in, in early January. Um, and, and, then we'll, yeah. and then we'll get on it. Don't worry, there's more to come. Yeah. Okay. That was a as Maybe You I Like know. It production. Um, okay. Maybe you Unless like you it. something to tell Maybe me. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> all, all right. right. Well, with that, yeah, Kam- we'll, we'll see you all New next year. season. And Kaminsky New Year.